This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, everyone. Joining me today is Natalie Holmes, the Director of Conscious Connections. Now, Natalie has worked in counseling, education, and training for the bulk of her career. And of course, her areas of expertise are all around young people, from parenting coaching all the way through to youth, adolescents, and continual coaching existing throughout a person's entire life and career span. This would obviously include subject choice career studies and training guidance. Her passion helping prepare young people for an unpredictable future they face. And her flagship program is called the Future Leaders Development Program. And of course, young people around the world are finding great self-awareness and discovering where they will make their biggest impact going forward. And of course, that is the essence of our podcast series, which is really looking at developing tomorrow's leaders today. And today we are on part two of that series, which is learning to be a team player. So welcome, Natalie. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be exploring how to be a team player or the art of collaboration in a lot more detail. So let's start off with really looking at why is it so important to learn to be part of a team, especially if you know those of us that are wanting to go into entrepreneurship or believe that we have insane leadership qualities from a young age. <laughs> why is this step of teaming so important? Well, I think team needs to work together if you have a common goal or vision and in business you do. So in business, leadership is about keeping your team focused on that goal and motivating your team members to do their best to achieve it collaboratively. So to do that, team members need to feel a part of the team and they need to know how to work together. And it's just, if you have a business, you've got a team and the team needs to know how to work together and you've got to understand what that means. And what does it exactly mean to be a good team player? What does a good team player look like? So I think if you're a good team player, you know you carry your share of the workload and you're committed to the overall objectives or goals of the team or business. It means you know what you can contribute and also knowing what your skills or talents are of your team members, what they have and working together with them on those. It means being reliable and fulfilling your obligations to the team um, for the team to be successful. Like you, Your common goal should be your focus. Absolutely. And you can see here, I know in our first episode, we really focused on on that skill of, of self-awareness, how important it is you know, to, to be self-aware, to understand your triggers, your your boundaries, your your how you build relationships in order to function well. Do you find that as well? Yep, I think it's all about relationships. Um, if you're self-aware, you know yourself and you, you're aware of qualities in other people and that helps you nurture relationships. And teamwork is about relationships. You know, you might not like all the people in your team, but the relationship you have as a team player means you have to acknowledge and understand you know, their part in the team and how you can work together. Very interesting that you brought that up because in, in my mind, and this is perhaps a false assumption, but, you know, teenagers function specifically on like and assimilation. So if somebody's like me, I'm going to, you know, yeah. like them and, and naturally get on with them more. If, if we don't really have much in common, there's almost a, a distance. How do you overcome that? Because obviously when we're working in a team, we're trying to achieve a common goal. We're not always going to embrace everyone you know we're going to have to shift out of our clicks how do you encourage teenagers to do that 
I think that's that's a skill everyone has to learn, not necessarily just teenagers, but you know, for teenagers it is it is quite uncomfortable to, to have to team up with people that you're not necessarily the same as. In our program, we shuffle the team. We have a group of about 25 or 30 and I'll shuffle the groups around so that they're not always working with people that they know or people that they like. And it's a good lesson for them to see, okay, you know what, I, I might not gravitate to you normally, you know, in a social context, but but here I can see what value you add to the team. I can see what your strength is. Let's use each other's strengths to to get a, a better result. And I think just highlighting that so that they have this awareness that you're okay. You know, I might not like you normally, but I can see what value you add. And, and just having that amount, that level of self-awareness of yourself, what it is you don't like about them, but also being able to go, okay, but I don't have to be friends with this person. We've got this common objective. So let's draw on each other's strengths, help each other, complement each other's weaknesses. And then we, we can get through this and get to the right goal that we we both see. And Sammy, what impact does it have on the rest of the team when not everybody is playing for the team? And how do we how do we manage those conflict situations that can often arise? I think we've all worked in teams where, you know, you have that person that doesn't play their part and it's frustrating. And there's this general feeling of unfairness because others tend to pick up the slack. This general discontent with that team member who's not pulling their weight starts to grow and it's difficult. And for a team leader, this creates additional stress because they have to not only manage the team, but also the unnecessary tension that seems to be arising through the team and, and possibly even conflict. It's difficult, um, but you know when you have higher levels of self-awareness and, and you have good communication skills, you can, you can work through that. You mentioned in uh, part one with helping individuals develop a, a high level of self-awareness or to develop some level of self-awareness, you use a particular profiling tool known as the GC index. How does that play out in a teaming environment? Is there a profile that is geared towards good teaming versus one that is a perhaps a poor team player or is it about <laughs> learning to flex about that style? With the tool, which is based on a high-level business cycle, you know, if you think of a new business, you've got a new idea, you've got someone who needs to actually put plans in place to make that idea come into to fruition. You've got the people who actually go, right, tell me what to do. Let's get this done. You've got the people who are going, okay, how can we improve? How can we make this better? And you've got the people who are going, okay, are we all working together, orchestrating the team? And and those are literally the five profiles of the GC index. So because it's based on this business cycle, the understanding is everybody has their place. Everybody has their value to add. Everybody has some impact that they can make. And therefore, the whole team structure is critical. There's not one that's better than the other. It's just if you if you need innovation, you need the game changers. If if you need strategy, you need the strategists. If you need stuff to happen, you need the implementers. If if you need stuff to be better and improve and continual striving for excellence, you need the polishers. And if you want to make sure everybody's adding, working towards this commons goal and there's inclusivity, you need the playmakers. There's no one that's better than the other. And I think that's the beauty of this, where you're going, okay, right, this is me, but this is where I lack. So who do I need to work with me? Who's going to compliment me to make this team and this business essentially better, reach its potential? And it's been really interesting around uh, teaming and particularly if we look at just two scales, extroverts and introverts, and how we respond to almost this hybrid world that we've stepped into or, or more online world that we've stepped into. Have you seen 
an impact of this because essentially teenagers from my perspective at least from what I've been exposed to are so immersed in this online world with a different set of communication tools and collaboration tools at their fingertips what is the impact that this is having what is the effect that we're seeing this hybrid world has has started to settle now um you know in the beginning everyone was thrown off course and it was like oh my gosh how do we do business like this everybody stuck at home and that was a huge challenge in the beginning it required some very careful and conscious team management from the leaders because without those everyday interactions and being around each other it was difficult to negotiate that but some teams thrived you know some teams just actually flew during that and some teams like really grappled with it and struggled. I think it comes down to not so much about where you work, but how you work. And I think team leaders have had to develop skills of empathy and trust. Trust has been huge in the workplace around this. But I, but I think the same skills for being a team player apply and probably need to be applied more enthusiastically and, and with much more integrity when people are not in the same workspace or not face to face. There's been a shift, but I think it's starting to settle. A lot of people prefer this hybrid uh, way of work. It's more flexible. It allows them to, you know, if I have a soccer game I want to watch this afternoon, I can go watch it, but then I'll put in the three hours tonight, you know, and, and the work's getting done and people are happier. Yeah, it's interesting, but I think I think in a positive way, um, but it does require a much more conscious level of management and of building your team. And let's see, what are some of the tools and techniques that you use in your program to help teenagers develop these core skills? As I said, we do this individual assessment. So you understand each person's particular team skills. So based on this profile, we know how they relate to others, how they work in a team, what their strengths are to add to the team, what their limitations are, as in who they need to work with to complement their strengths. And what we look at then is when we focus on these team skills and techniques is your particular inclination. We do team activities. We have discussions about how those things work in those activities and the reflection is where that learning happens. When they experience the learning through these activities, instead of just discussions about it, the insights come to light, comes alive and they're much more obvious and clear. So I structure team activities and watch how they play out and for them, it's quite, it's actually quite beautiful how it pans out because they can laugh at, each, at themselves and they laugh at each other and it creates this rapport that actually goes, right, okay, so I know this is my, I, I suck at this, but you're great at this, so why don't I do this and you do that? And it creates this insight into the team and into each other which I think is a beautiful thing for a team and for a business. In these activities have you seen a difference between introverts and extroverts versus how they team you know how do they build teams if somebody is really introverted? I've seen in fact the one team I had one girl she was a very high strategist competitive driven she was very much about results and I had one girl who was much more implementer so she she had a focus for getting things done so she didn't want to she didn't care about the the research or the data. She was just like, okay, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And the strategist was going, wait, wait, let me explain why. And she's going, I don't care why. You know, so it's quite funny to see, you know, how it comes together. And the the strategist was the was the extrovert. So she was very loud, vocal. The implementer, she was much more introverted. So she was quietly, but she just her frustration was just make me just tell me what to do and I'll do it and leave me alone to do it. Where the strategist is kind of going, no, but this is why and the, you know, can you see, can you understand? And she's going, I don't don't care like just tell me what to do so so the conflict between them not so much only in their profiles but also in their way of dealing she just introvert was like just tell me what to do and leave me alone quietly to do it <laughs> and the strategist is like in your face and like no let me explain and the introvert extrovert thing comes out but but you can be an extroverted 
implementer. You don't necessarily mean that your profile means you're automatically introverted or extroverted. It's interesting how it comes to play, but I guess that's also just a general become self-aware. Like, do you know who you are? Are you too much in people's faces? Are you too quiet? You know, just figure it out. And again, comes back to that self-awareness. Yeah, and of course, learning to to moderate that. I saw a very similar thing, obviously, with homeschooling. And, you know, I have one very extroverted child and one incredibly introverted child. Mm -hmm. And just seeing them respond to this online world a little bit differently, you know, they, they cope very well. But, you know, my extroverted child did miss that kind of face-to-face -face engagement a lot more my introverted child absolutely thrived because mm. you know suddenly he could turn the world on and off at will which I think yeah. is such a an important strategy and, and knowing what you're needing to recharge and I think that for us as a family became a very important teaching moment for him to say you know you you need different ways to recharge yourself you know you can quietly sit in your room and, and and not have to engage with the world out there in order to to recharge yeah. and it's made a significant difference are you do you guys also look at kind of some of the same strategies or principles in in the self-awareness and you know how that translates into into a team environment yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if you can understand your teammates, you can work better together. I have this lady colleague that I do business with and she's very introverted. So when she's got a problem, she'll withdraw. She wants to figure it out in her head, sort it out. And my inclination is to talk about it. Like, okay, wait, let's, let's discuss. Why don't we chat about it? And she's going back off. Just let me figure this out and then I'll talk about it. To bring to light these differences in how we interact, what we need. Is it the people that energize us? Is it talking or is it, am I re grouping in my head because that's where I gain energy from. Yeah, we talk about that too. Like, how do you gain insights and, and understand you're just different. It doesn't, no one's right or wrong. It's frustrating for the one if you don't understand, but you just need to understand where they're coming from. And that helps with the whole team collaboration and the team just getting along. Fantastic. Some great insights that you've shared with us today and really a phenomenal program by the sounds of things and really enjoyed our conversations today i'm really looking forward to our next discussion in which we really straight into that mode of learning how to lead you know moving from managing self to suddenly managing others which comes with a whole host of other challenges but for our listeners out there natalie runs the future leaders development program which is geared to prepare the youth for a future they can't predict they believe that the only way to ensure that they can have any future career or job security is for them to know where they can make their biggest impact, what energizes them, and what their strengths are. Their program includes a personal assessment to increase self-awareness, a focus on collaboration and knowing how to work in a team and what people they need in their teams. They cover leadership and their unique leadership style based on their unique profiles. They look at future employability, organizational values, and future planning. They then help them to develop a three-year personal development plan to set them off on their path. Their program also then includes membership into their Lifetime Growth Club, which includes coaching for the rest of their lives, studies, or careers, taking them through from entry levels through into their C-suite level positions. For more information, you are welcome to contact Natalie at info at consciousconnections.co.za. Thank you, Natalie. Thanks for having me, Karen. Thank you.